everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. I hope you're doing well. I hope you had a great weekend. Hopefully you were able to check out some wrestling, whether it was, you know, Extreme Rules or Rampage on Friday. Maybe you just watched G1. I don't know. You know, it was a great weekend for being able to watch on TV. It was an even better weekend if you were able to make it out to a live show because I know on the 25th, Time Bomb had a fantastic show in Minneapolis. I saw some pictures and videos and it looked like a great time. So hopefully you were able to make it out to that. Nonetheless, I am back with another episode. I've got a great guest today. We were able to sit down and chat. Today's guest is the scene Sebastian Taylor. He's wrestled in higher ground. He's wrestled for pro wrestling battleground. He's really making a name for himself in the Midwest. He had a little bit of a setback, a little bit of an injury. He gets into that, gets into so much more training at the academy, the Minnesota wrestling scene as a whole, and even, you know, some of his favorite matches and just getting into wrestling, all that sort of stuff that, you know, you hear on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. So without further ado, the scene, Sebastian Taylor. You've been a fan for quite a while. What was your first introduction into wrestling and how did you first, you know, become a fan? Um, so I like to tell the story because, you know, obviously it dates back way back and, you know, like me being, I'm 29 now, I probably got into it when I was seven or eight. Mm. And the first introduction I had to wrestling was, I remember my mom, she used to have like old, like WrestleMania VHSs and stuff like that. So naturally I popped one in one day and it was WrestleMania six and I watched that and I was like, okay, this is pretty sweet. You know, seeing, of course, now at the time it's a little outdated or whatever, but uh, Hogan and Warrior and stuff like that. And that was that was crazy to me. So then and that's way stuff way back in the day. But my first introduction to watching it like live and stuff like that, I believe I was probably eight years old, something like that. And I, I I'm not even joking. It was probably the week before Triple H or maybe. I don't even know. I just remember I, I think I was watching it for like a few weeks or a few months or something before that. And I remember seeing Triple H's return um, when he came back in 2002 mm-hmm. and just being like, that was like the first moment. Like, I think I watched it like for a while before that, but that was like the first moment that I was like, oh my God, this is every mix of emotions. Like having goosebumps at like, you know, before you're even like 10 years old, you're like, what, what even, how did, you know, it was just like mm-hmm. one of those cool, like surreal feelings. Like, okay, I think I love this now. And then ever since then, it was just, that's all I do every, of course, back in the day, um, you know, it was before they went to WWE and, you know, I watched uh, Raw every single week. I, I wouldn't ever miss an episode of Raw and when SmackDown was on Thursdays and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And and then I got into like the weird, the really uh, weird stuff. Like we'd go to like the local VHS store, the, the video store and rent some old ECW pay-per-views and old stuff like that. So I, I was into like everything at the time, mm-hmm. like. And I just, ever since then, like, I just, I've been obsessed with it. I don't mm-hmm. know. So well, It's funny because, I mean, I grew up, you know, watching a Raw and Nitro because, like, I've got a few years on you. But, like, during the, the Attitude Era, I was, like, I was hooked on that. You didn't miss an episode. And then the first time I was shown an ECW tape, it was, like, my whole world changed with that. You know, it was something completely different. 
yeah it's it's totally off the wall but then when, like, once you see that and you're like this rabid fan base and stuff like that you're like holy crap mm-hmm. you know like what what is this this is not what i see every week you know and yeah it was different <laughs> i mean yeah exactly something different and it uh, it kind of leads to like nowadays how you can totally you know branch out and find different stuff it's not just you don't have to settle for what's out there there will be something you like that's if you're not into what's you know on tv so you just have to look a little bit exactly exactly and i remember like watching all these cw pay-per-view and stuff like that and like ever since then like i was obsessed with rvd mm-hmm. like he just did uh, all this <laughs> like i told myself if i was ever to get into wrestling i'd go and do rvd stuff and everything like that but i, I haven't hit that yet you know but um he was he was a huge like inspiration like especially when i was first getting into it i was like this is the coolest guy ever mm-hmm. and of course you know him and jeff hardy you know mm-hmm. so yeah well i mean so we'll we'll jump to your training now because you trained at the academy correct yep and i mean it the academy it seems which uh, ken anderson and eric cannon were your trainers yep um it seems like at, they, the time, at the time sean davari was there too so. okay Yep. Uh, well, it seems like, you know, the, the, what's the way to put this? A lot of wrestlers right now from Minnesota have come through the Academy. Like they are just pumping out a good amount of high quality, talented wrestlers. It seems. Yeah. I mean, I would say that there's easily over a hundred, maybe 200, like mm-hmm. good solid guys. And then like a whole bunch more that are still training now that are like getting there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What was your experience like there? Um, so when I originally started there, um, they had this thing, it was like a boot camp, right? So it was like uh two days, it was like a Saturday and a Sunday, and I think. And this was like February of March or or March of 2017, I think. And it was like a boot camp. So, like, you know, a whole bunch of people signed up for this class. And if you won the boot camp, you know, you'd get your tuition paid for, right? So getting in there, it wasn't even like bumps or anything like that. It was just like a lot of like working out stuff. Like we did like a deck of cards and, you know, it was like you pull one card, you do nine push-ups, or you pull another card and it's 20 sit-ups or whatever, you know. And so it was like two days of that. Mm-hmm. And then like, I think we did like some walk-up stuff and some very basic stuff just to see if I get the heart to see, you know, unfortunately I didn't win, but I was like, that's fine. I'm coming anyway. And I signed up for class in and started in June of 2017 and like right off the bat, it was just like, okay, this is exactly everything that I wanted to do ever since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like it's kind of like a sad story around it. Like on my mother's deathbed, uh, she made me promise her, I want you to be a wrestler. And I was like, okay. So I went and did that. And, you know, from day one, like starting there, it was just like, cause, um, we did Monday, Wednesday and Friday. And Monday and Wednesday were like training days, you know, like bumps, headlocks, learning different moves and stuff. And then Fridays were like generally either promo classes or just kind of like touching up on the stuff. Mm-hmm. So I trained there from Ju- June of 2017 to roughly around July of 20, August of 2018 is when I graduated. But in between there, it was just like, you know, you had your it's like five or six months curriculum that you did. And then like anything after that, you, you know, paid extra to get extra training and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm doing this. I'm not wrestling a match until I graduate. And that was like always the goal from day one. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and Air Cannon, Sean Devari, and Ken Anderson. And then every once in a while, you know, you'd have Aria stop by and and um, they were all just super hands-on and just super helpful. And you'd ask them for advice on like certain things here and there. What do I do about this? What should I do with my character here? What do you think I need to improve on? And they're always just so super like hands-on helpful in getting you where you wanted to be to the next level. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing I'm super f- thankful for is like the time that Eric Hanna spent like extra, like just getting like the little small things with me, like a really good arm drag giving and taking. And like, I swear him and I sat there for like two or three hours one night, just nailing an arm drag. Cause like just something wasn't hitting about it for me. It didn't look like the greatest, but uh, during my time there is just, you see a lot of faces come and go and you say, you see a lot of things when you're training there, you get um, opportunities to help with ring crew and stuff like that. Get your face out there, get your name out there. Like, Oh, this kid wants it. You know, he's going to mm-hmm. come and help me with ring crew and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it showed because like, you know, they would tell my trainers like, Hey, this kid showed up at, you know, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, we think he's great and helpful and stuff like that. So I would say that my experience at the Academy is a very good one. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, like down the road, um, I moved down from where I was. I used to live up in the cities and then I moved down to like right, right across the border of Wisconsin. Okay. And so now I live up down here and now, uh, you know, of course, COVID and everything, the, the, the school is kind of shut down right now. So the chance that I can get back in there to train again a little bit, like I'm, I'm kind of like looking forward to it. So mm-hmm. it's, there's a lot of good memories, you know, at that, at the school and, and everything like that. The way that, because I've had a few people from uh, Minnesota on the podcast, and the way that everyone's talked about the academy, that it's more than just, you know, trainers and students, that you actually develop connections with them, and it's a, more of a relationship, you know, that you can build off of that. Yeah, um, a lot, even the trainers, like, but a lot of, it, it's like they become your family, you know, in mm-hmm. a way. It's, I've built some of my closest friendships through the academy and the people that I've trained with, and I still talk to the people there to this day, like my day one people that I started there with, like, for example, Damon Spriggle, him and I talk every single day, uh, Paul Verk, Kyle Pro, Riley Jackson, you know, we, I still talk to these people every day because they're like more than just family, they're family to me. And mm-hmm. even like the trainers and stuff like that, like, I don't really talk to them, them all that often, but I know like if I see them, it's going to be like, you never missed a step, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's just, there's something about spending grinding um, three to five days a week in a small building that's hot as hell in the summer and cold as shit in the winter. There's something about it that bonds you and you just build like a, a stronger connection than you would with just like your old buddy from work or something, you know? Oh, for sure. Now, so you trained there for a while. What about your first match? I'm sure you remember that because it was just a few years back. What was that like for you? First camp match or first like match on a show? First regular match uh, regular. on a show. Okay. So, uh, of course, I remember it. So, it was Rockfest 2018, and they invited First Wrestling to come out and, you know, put on a wrestling show in between like the bigger sets of the bands and stuff. So, there was like, I think it was three or four blocks of stuff. And I was just there, like, happy to help. Mm-hmm. I brought, I had gear made. I was like, ready to go. This is like right before I graduated. And I told myself, I'm not wrestling until I graduate. So of course, you know, these guys are out there um, wrestling two, three times and somebody got hurt. A couple people got hurt, I think. And they're like, 
let he's been training for like over a year like let him have a match let him have a match poking the bear and then finally the promoter is like you got your gear yes okay we want to wrestle I'm like okay so <laughs> let's go you know and i'm nervous as shit but you know you're in you don't get no it was like you don't get no music you don't get nothing but even so i was just like still nervous like to run out there and like you got five minutes basically you're just you're gonna um put over the other guy whatever you got five minutes cut a little bit of shine go home you know and uh the the, the heel get the shitty roll up on it. so i wrestled riley jackson in my mm-hmm. first match and we maybe went six minutes and just i just nailed all my good stuff and then he got the quick roll up on me or whatever but it was special because like i had like a, a couple of my good friends there at the time yeah and they were just like super hyped and super like happy for me and stuff and so the whole way back i'll never forget it the whole way back um my phone was just because people had posted about it and they posted me in the story and everything and uh my phone the whole time back like i couldn't even like get on my phone because so many people were blowing it up because they knew they're like because i told them i was like i ain't wrestling until this and this and this and so did that and then um it was like three weeks later i graduated mm-hmm. and then it was just on from there it was like every single weekend for like a year and a half until <laughs> <So> pretty much <laughs> pandemic happened yeah and, and of course all that but yeah it was just that was like the start of everything but so yeah i mean the feeling of that has to just be absolutely incredible seeing your phone blow up at all this because i mean it's something you've worked hard for and like you you love wrestling so to have that it must have just like you know been the world for you Absolutely. Yeah. I, I couldn't even believe like the outpouring I got. I was like, Oh, you know, of course my closest friends, but a lot of my like people that were, I was training with and like a lot of people that I haven't talked to in years and years and years are like, Hey man, this is the coolest shit ever. So mm-hmm. yeah. Now for those of uh, that haven't seen you wrestle yet, who do you uh, take inspiration from? Oh, I would say a lot of people. Um, I mean, it, sound, it might sound like super cliche, but from what I mentioned of, seeing triple h for the first time mm-hmm. whatever like I, I i really like triple h um i know it's like super like oh well of course he's like the top he's one of the top guys you know but like you have your austins and your rocks and stuff like that not for me it was like triple h uh mm-hmm. chris jericho i would say um edge and then like rvd and, and jeff hardy is so, so kind of like the not like the kind of like the underdog i don't know i yeah, I kind of model, yeah, like models myself after like guys like that, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, and I mean it's, it's like Jeff Hardy. He uh, when he was in WWE, that first run before he got pushed, like his ladder match with Undertaker. You know, you're watching oh. that, and you're you're wanting him to win there. You know, like and it comes it so live. close. Like I remember watching it live at my grandma's house and stuff like that. And just like ah, it didn't happen. But you know, it's like moments like that that make you like man like if i if, if i could do that you know mm-hmm. like he's definitely like someone that inspired a lot of people and it's not for nothing you know because as a wrestling fan myself i know that you know you could watch a match and you're if it's a great match you take away that you know okay it was a fantastic match this and that but sometimes it's the moments and the matches that might not be the best matches that mean just as much as a you know a five-star match that you could be watching and that's one of them yeah, absolutely. I mean, the moments are like what makes it all like worth it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So now we were kind of talking before we started recording and I'd mentioned that, you know, I'd watched a few of your matches up on uh, YouTube earlier. And uh, one of them was uh, against Angel Dorado at uh, Pro Wrestling Battleground. Okay. Back in yeah, 2018. Was... Yeah. Um, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. So I was wondering if you could talk about that a little bit. Sure. Uh, so it's funny because the day that, it, you know, like I said, like I mentioned, um, you know, like a couple weeks after my first match, I graduated. Well, there were two graduations that night and Andrew Dorado or now Dante Martin being one of them. And so of course, a couple weeks after that, it's, you know, cause we have like five or six of like the um, places around in the promotions around here that run regularly. Mm-hmm. And so it was like night one. It was like my first, I had like a scramble match or whatever, but like either the night or the weekend after that, it was a uh, pro wrestling battleground. And they're like, okay, we're going to have you wrestle Angel Dorado. And like the story behind it was, okay, we both graduated on the same day. And so like we started off with mutual respect thing or whatever. And then I just remember it, him being a little, the aggressor in that match, of course, because at that point, I mean, he'd been wrestling since he was like 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's 20 now and I didn't start until I was 24. Mm-hmm. And so he became the aggressor because he was like three years ahead of me. And as far as experience, and uh, I just remember that being like a really, really, really fun match. And I remember him being like, um, I want to try this new move. And it was like a package pile driver set up into like a power bomb. Mm-hmm. And he later developed it to be, I think, either one of his uh, finishers or his signatures. But that was like, I think I was either the first person or like one of the first people to take that. I don't know if he does it anymore, but it was it was a special moment for me because like I knew like that kid, like, like you knew like from seeing him. I remember the first day, like we walked in the camp and he's already like running the ropes before we even learned it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's something special about this guy. And like, to this day, like I just talked to him today and I just, you know, he's like a super, super, super humble, cool kid. That's a hard worker. I don't know. He's just that, mo- that match to me um, is still one of my favorites. I still watch it like every once in a while. Mm-hmm. So no, I mean, it was a, it was a very fun match. And I mean, I will, make sure I include this, include the match when I, you know, send out the, that this podcast has dropped, you know, because I mean, I think people should see it. They should see, you know, it it is a very well-worked match and it was a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's not that long, but you guys did a really great job with it. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate Um, it. And then I also had checked out uh, you and Oren Veit at uh, Midwest All-Star Wrestling. Uh, Yeah. What was it like facing off with Oren? Uh, it's a funny story about the match. Um, so when they, when they announced it, the show, it was originally supposed to be a triple threat match. And I think Oren Veit was in the main event originally, but the main, I think, I think his opponent couldn't make it or something like that because of whatever reason, you know, and it, I was in a triple threat match against Riley Jackson and Craven Knight originally. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, well, they were like, well, when I got there, like, we're going to split them two off. They're going to do singles and you're going to wrestle Warren Wright. And I'm like, oh, okay. And like a couple, like a week before that, I was just coming off of the flu. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I'm going to be able to perform. And of course I'm nervous, right? Because it's Warren Wright. I had respected him for years before I even got into the business. You know what I mean? And so going into the match, I'm like, okay, I'm going to try all this cool stuff. And it didn't really work in my favor. Um, as I mentioned before, I was like, I'm going to try, you know, I think I was going to try like a, a back suplex and do like a face buster. And it just, I didn't get like the proper clearance for him to bump properly and stuff like that. 
And uh, it was a fun match, but I feel like I could have done better. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, it was a decent enough match. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm hoping one day I get the chance for myself to redeem it against Orvite because I respect him like that much. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's great, honestly. And he took care of me really well. So, well, I mean, it was a very fun match. So, I mean, I have to ask though, because you had mentioned your workload and 2019, like it seemed like you were working every single weekend. Like I, I was looking up some of your matches up on cage match. And I think it was like 54 matches or something that year. It was just like yeah. ridiculous. So, I mean, yeah. what I was that like? For- um, so it's funny because I didn't expect it to blow up that much. Of course, like 2018, I, I didn't debut until September. So then it's like September to like December. I think I maybe wrestled like maybe 20 matches. And then 2019, it was like Friday, Saturday, every weekend and sometimes Sundays. And then every once in a while, there'd be like a random Thursday show. And I'd work for, and then sometimes I do double duty, like on a Saturday, like I remember I, um, I worked uh, a show early on in the morning and then that night I rushed and did a battle royal and a singles match in that same day. So it like quickly added up mm-hmm. and I, I started keeping track of it on my phone for a while there. And I think at um, one point I was at like, yeah, it, it was, I remember it was like 50 some matches like by the end of the year. And I'm like, how? Mm-hmm. how but you know i was working for a lot of places at the time and i was just trying to really like prove myself and wrestle everybody at least especially around here just to make my name mm-hmm. you know and, and prove myself like because a lot of people at the time had like really put a lot of investing into me and i didn't want to let them down i really hope i didn't but um yeah it was a crazy crazy busy year and at the time i had like a uh, a job where i'd work 4 a.m to 1 p.m and so it, then like after the show i Hit, go right to the show and set up and tear down and then it'd be up at three o'clock in the morning the next day and it's just like that for like two years but 2019 was definitely a crazy year mm-hmm. well i mean i noticed you won the Lyndon cartman memorial tournament that yeah. year and then you had also uh you had your debut at first wrestling correct yes yes so i was wondering if you could talk about both of those if uh, if you don't mind um so the Lyndon cartman memorial tournament i'm sorry um, it was a span of like a two day thing. And I believe I wrestled two matches on a Friday. And then the next day I wrestled three matches and ended up winning it. So I believe my first match, I believe I wrestled Nikki heat in the first match and Bill Williams. And then the next day it was like Riley Jackson and Darren Corbin. And no, maybe it was just the four matches. I think it was just Bill Williams the first night and the second night was Nikki Heat, Riley, Darren Corbin, and then I beat Riley Jackson. And it was like special for me because like it kind of like cemented like where I was at standing with like, you know, the company at the time and stuff. I was like, it was my first big, big win or, uh, Mm -hmm. and then I ended up winning the trophy and everything like that. And, you know, it's cool because that venue was like the first time I ever did anything like, um, for a while there, I was like doing a thing like under a mask and just kind of like beating people up. I didn't want it to be like me, you know, per se, but it was cool because for like the couple months before that, I was just gaining like a lot of momentum with that place and in that venue and like the amount of people that came out, like people, like my family came out, my dad and my stepmom, and I had people that I like grew up with came out and like watched me like win this whole tournament. And it was the first time I ever wrestled Darren Corman too. 
So mm-hmm. that was that was pretty special for me too because uh, that was my one and only singles match with him, and it would be end up being um, one of probably like fifty matches that I've had with Riley Jackson or been involved with. <laughs> yeah, and I ended up beating him, and it was cool because um, the story kind of like really progressed from there. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Now, I mean, you like we said, two thousand nineteen was nuts for you 2020 started off pretty good too because i mean you and uh scott story you guys yep. uh were had a tag match against the um now top flight but uh dante and darius correct yep yep and uh, i believe a couple weeks before that we had just won the tag titles there mm-hmm. and that was our first defense um was against those guys Mm-hmm. And so I really wanted to bring it, you know what I mean? I felt like it was a pretty good match, you know? Um, but then seeing like where they went from there, it was like, damn, that was cool. And then a couple of weeks after that, we wrestled at, uh, you know, well, let me, let me go back before that. It was kind of like, just like the idea I had been off of wrestling for a couple months before we won the tag titles. And I hadn't been on a, a pro wrestling battleground show in a while. And for us to, come in first night as a tag team and win the tag titles and then to go on and wrestle Darius and Dante. It was, it was a really special moment for me. Now, I mean, you've shared the ring with both of them. And then, like you said, you see what became of them afterwards and how they've, you know, made it to, you know, AEW. How much do you, does that drive you to uh, continue improving and just pushing yourself? Because I mean, you've shared the ring with them, you're friends with them and it's gotta, it's gotta mean a lot to you. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm super, first of all, I'm super happy for anybody that um, gets to that level, you know what I mean? For you to be, uh, not not to be jealous, you know what I mean? Like, you want to be happy for them, but at the same time, it's like, okay, that motivates you. Like, hey, like, you know, these, these I've trained with these guys, I've wrestled with these guys, you know, like, they're super uber talented. But for me, it's like, uh, it, for me personally, that's, that's the goal. Like, I want to mm-hmm. get to AEW. Um, if I'm being brutally honest and that drives me like, Hey, like, let's, let's try this here. Let's train harder. Let's, let's get better in the ring and stuff like that. And everybody can always improve. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, that's the ultimate goal for me. Seeing them go there. You're like, okay, that's really, really, really cool. And mm-hmm. like one day, one day I'm going to work really, really, really hard. And of course the age isn't really on my side, but you know what? Like I'm, I'm going to get there one day, hopefully. Yeah. I I think it's a very strong possibility because I mean, you've got the work ethic, you've got the heart and I mean, you're incredibly talented. So hopefully that is the case, you know, I appreciate that. Oh, not a problem. I mean, so 2020, you know, it starts off. I mean, you're riding the high from 2019 and then the pandemic hits and it just halts everything. How were you dealing with that? Uh, It was really rough because I really felt like Scott story and myself were onto something there for, you know, and I still think we are, um, so when the pandemic hit, it was almost like you couldn't believe it. I was booked that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe the day it was March 13th. I had a, or something like that. And I had a show that day and everybody was just like, Hey, there's only like three people at the venue because everybody's freaked out about this, this thing. And everybody we were like, okay. And so like, you know, like two hours before the show, like nobody's showing up. And mm-hmm. so it officially got canceled. But, um, for me during that time, it was, it was pretty stressful. I mean, I was kind of enjoying like the time at home and like at the time I was trying to get out of like my current living situation, trying to get my own place and everything like that with my girlfriend. And, um, I kind of just focused on myself and just 
healing up my body. And I mean, I was still working out five days a week, six days a week, mm-hmm. still just trying to like keep that in shape. And yeah. of course a year goes by and you're like, nothing's happening. Like, and so it kind of like messes with you. Like, am I coming back? Mm-hmm. Am I not? Is anybody come? I, I don't know. And then, you know, I just like that time is just like really weird, but at the same time, I'm like, I didn't hate it. Cause I got to catch up like at a lot of, you know, wrestling, I didn't, I didn't get the chance to watch or a lot of movies and shows and video games and stuff like that. Yeah. And I just, I just worked a lot too, because like my, my company that I worked for, I, we didn't really shut down mm-hmm. and I kind of just, I just worked a lot like at my regular job. And I was like, I don't know the next time I'm going to be in a wrestling ring. <laughs> to yeah. be honest. It's one of those things you still have to keep, you know, living what you can, you can't just, you know, pack it all in so i mean you have to keep busy like keep the mental aspect going because it's so easy to become complacent so yeah exactly and like during that time i started up a huge toy collection too because that like i said i was still working and i was like i'm bored as hell i'm gonna collect all these action figures and you know and here i am and now i've got a stupid and ridiculous amount of toys <laughs> that i wish i had when i was you know 12 years old and now i have them when i'm 29 so (laughs) (laughs) that's the thing like we can afford it now like when i was younger i always wanted like a pair of jordans never had them so i'm like well i'm gonna go buy a pair now because i can exactly (laughs) it's it's, it's a funny full circle it's like something in your brain just tells you and i think a lot of people did stuff like that during the pandemic like you know i've I've seen a lot of people like start up doing legos and stuff like that and i'm just like this is fun, like hitting up, like, of course, hit, being careful about it, but hitting up like comic shops and like yeah. did a lot of that in the time off and just worked on myself kind of just mentally and physically and let my body heal up from the 2019 that I had. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I had to take some time off, though, because I, I kind of messed up my neck a little bit. And I don't know ever what happened with mm-hmm. it. It was just like two months, like I couldn't like turn my head at all. I took like a really nasty DDT in a match and I just kind of like went for it and spiked myself. And and I had been dealing with shoulder problems before that. And I had a knee issue for a while. I'm just like, my God, I need to take care of myself here for a little bit. So maybe this is a blessing in disguise, really. Well, 2021, I mean, you're able to, the shows are back up and I mean, you were able to have a couple of them. What was your feeling like heading into that first one after the long layoff? Um, I was really excited for it mm-hmm. and also really nervous for it because a couple of weeks before that, I was like just first getting back into the ring and I was um, trying to, you know, get some of the ring rust off. And then I hurt myself and um, I messed up my back and I was like, <laughs> okay, uh, I can't move my legs. I can't move my, you know, I was going all the way down my legs. I'm, I'm like, I can't sit down. I can't stand up. I can't move. And then, you know, because I've had this injury like numerous times over the last like nine years or something like that. And I was like, well, I'm already booked for this, this, this and this. I'm not going to miss it. Mm-hmm. And so um, I have my first match. I mean, it, it's stupid in retrospect. It is. But, you know, as as wrestlers, you're always like, yeah, well, it's just this. Like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I'll shake it off, you know, get a couple weeks rest, whatever. So finally get an idea of what we're doing for the match. And I'm like, okay, you know, we're wrestling like this newer kid and um, the same guy that I beat for the heavyweight title there. And I was like, okay, cool. I know him. I don't know this new guy, but let's work with this new guy. And it was me and Scott story. 
and like we were really we're really trying to get this tag team thing you know over and you know as like the slasher scene like and so going into it I was like really excited and I felt like it went really 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 good and um there's a lot of people there for it so I was like really excited to hear like music for the first time and get geared up and everything like that for the first time like what what are knee pads what are you know what is what is athletic tape and stuff like that and uh getting back into it and everything was really exciting and it was fun i was like okay here we go let's let's get the ball rolling again mm-hmm. so at the time it was great and then then i had another match uh a couple of weeks ago as me and darren corbin versus um riley jackson and levy cruz and um i felt like i just kept progressively hurting myself mm-hmm. and so it just it started to end up not being as fun yeah well you did get the surgery for your back and yeah how how did that go how's the recovery going yeah um so initially it was like um everybody kept bugging me like hey you got to get this checked out i'm like okay you know after like three four weeks just the pain's not going away mm-hmm. i still can't get up and walk around and move and anything like that and i was like okay i'm gonna go get an mri so i get an mri and the doctor's like uh so i waited a couple of days i didn't know that my doctor had went out on a vacation, like the day after they saw me to schedule an MRI. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here waiting. And it's like five days later. I'm like, okay, this is weird. You know, I, I Google, of course you get paranoid. You're like, when do you normally hear MRI results? So finally I get a phone call and it's from a different office. They're like, Hey, I know this is your normal doctor, but um, we strongly suggest you get in here like now mm-hmm. because you have a really large herniation in your lower disc. I was like, okay, so I, I look at the freaking um, MRI result, and it's just like, that's that's me. Like, yeah, we mm-hmm. got to get the surgery like now, and so we get all that uh, scheduled and everything like that. And ironically, it was on the same day that CM Punk came back to AEW. So I get to the, I had the surgery at like 5 a.m. and mm-hmm. I get home and I kind of just like rest the rest of the day. Of course, I'm up to see that, but um. It was a really non-intrusive surgery. You know, like the doctor was like, you know, normally you'd have a scar like this big. Well, the scar isn't really like that big, but you know, um, he's like, we got it removed. And it was like, as soon as I woke up from the surgery, the pain that I've been feeling for nine years, but now to a seriously extreme degree is gone completely. Mm-hmm. So he's like, he, I guess I woke up after the surgery and I was like loopy and everything like that. Like, you know, I think I've had this for a long time. He goes, well, judging by the size of the, um, what I pulled out of your back. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. you have. So I'm like, so you mean to tell me my pretty much my whole wrestling career I've been wrestling injured basically. He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, interesting. So now let's see what happens. Right. When I decide to come back, but, um, interestingly enough, the recovery is probably going like way better than anybody expected myself included. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of just waiting for the incision to heal. They still got me on a weight restriction. I still can't lift more than 30 pounds. like at my day job, but they cleared me to come back um, two weeks ago. So I came, I was off for two weeks, came back a couple weeks ago and then uh, kind of just taking things light and slow and just seeing how my body feels before I decide to jump back in there, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. I got to get my finances right and everything like that before because surgery sets you back a little bit. So it might be a little bit, longer than I want to be out of the ring, but it's probably better for me personally, physically, mentally, everything like that. So but oh, the, the sure. plan, the plan is hopefully, hopefully, I mean, it's, it's not uh, a severe, severe surgery, but just the setback of it all, you know, 
Yeah. No, I mean, I hope that uh, you are able to get back in there because uh, it's the world's your oyster. You're still young and uh, exactly you got to do all that you can as long as you're able to, you know. Exactly. And wrestling is at a, an extreme, it's an extreme hotbed right now. It's experiencing mm-hmm. an extreme popularity rise in the last, like ever since the pandemic, you know, well, I wouldn't say ended, but you know, ever since, you know, people got back to shows and everything like that, I'm like, I want to get in there. And, yeah. I mean, know, as, as a fan, like, I think you miss not being able to go. So the fact that you it's taken away from you, you know, you want to be there even more and be able to cheer and enjoy it again. So absolutely. Yeah. Now, like out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got to ask uh, a few more questions and I'll let you go. What are some of the favorite matches you've been a part of? Oh, okay. Good, good question. Um, so a couple of years back, I would actually recommend this. Um, if you search it on YouTube, it's definitely on YouTube. I was in a really like heated rivalry, I guess, um, cross promotion wise with Riley Jackson and it all culminated to having a street fight. And so it was my first ever like taste at hardcore or hardcore. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we did what we could, you know, um, with the time permits and the venue and everything like that. And it's a really fun match. We ended up just like going out there in street clothes and just beating the hell out of each other with steel chairs and busting records over each other's head. At one point I put them, I hit tossed them through a, uh, ironing bed and i suplexed him on the outside of the ring through a table a little like mini like merchandise table and ruined like some guys merchandise and stuff like (laughs) that but it was honestly like to this day i still like gloat over that match because um i was proud of like what we put together because like we had like a long story and Mm -hmm. it kind of led up to that moment and it was a really 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 fun match and it made me like realize like god hardcore wrestling is like fun like you know and uh I would say that one um, definitely when I was heavyweight champion at higher ground, I had a, quite a few good matches. I wrestled, we wrestled at some, um, I want to say it was like uh, a culmination of, it was like a talent show essentially. Right. In like in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And it was like people doing like musical acts and dancing and like singing and all this other stuff. And then there was all of a sudden the curtain opens and it's wrestling and people are just so taken back. They didn't want to cheer because they didn't know what they were doing. And it was like a fatal four way. And it was like me defending the title and I ended up winning and I had eight defenses in my two month reign as champion, Mm -hmm. eight or nine, but um, definitely like some moments that I had in there. Um, There was a, tag team match a lot of tag team matches that i had uh myself teaming with kara noia well i guess now free range Kara against mm-hmm. bill williams and ricky noren a lot of fun times there um anytime that i get to share the ring with darren corbin is a learning experience um, I, and i had a lot of tag team matches because him and i were in a stable together with heavy heavy metal war for a while um definitely me and scott story winning the tag titles the first time and we held on to him for 620 days. And just yesterday, because I couldn't compete, he basically chose a partner. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they lost. So our tag team title reign is now over. But we were tag team champions for 620 days. Because I was just like curious. I'm like, Alexa, how long ago was this date? Mm-hmm. And like, 620 days. I'm like, there's no way. And of course, you know, with the pandemic and everything yeah. like that. But 
but uh yeah definitely definitely a lot a lot a lot of good matches just it's hard to pinpoint one you know mm-hmm. No, I mean, that's awesome. And I, I like that uh, you and Riley went out in street clothes for the street fight, because I think that's Hell one yeah. thing in, uh, like, in a street fight. You got to have like the jeans or the cutoff t-shirt yes. and do it that way. I had, I had like cutoff skinny jeans. I'm like, okay, I'm seeing like, we're going to go with, you know, skinny jeans for this one. Like just to add to the, the character a little bit. And mm-hmm. um, we were like, let's do old school, like WWF hardcore title match kind of style. Like let's, let's get garbage cans. And like, at one point I just remember looking up at him and he just took a garbage can and just nailed me right in the head. I'm like, Oh boy. <laughs> but it was fun. Like it was, it was definitely worth it. That's awesome. Now. I mean, you are a huge fan of wrestling as well, not just as a wrestler, but a fan as well. What are yeah. some of your favorite matches? Um, uh, I have a guilty pleasure of, a lot of edge matches I watched over and over again. Um, I want to say, of course, here's an obvious one edge versus John Cena at unforgiven 2006. I think it was TLC match. And just, I remember, you know, he gave him the attitude adjustment off the ladder and he just took like a nasty ass bump, like all through the tables. Um, CM Punk versus uh, John Cena at money in the bank, 2011. That Mm -hmm. was a great one. I watched, um, him cm punk and daniel bryan i think at like over the limit yeah uh, oddly enough triple h versus jericho at mania 18 i like that match a lot i don't know why it's very very weird um and then i would say like my number one favorite match of all time and i think it's super underrated and i recommend a lot of people look it up because it took place in between it, like feuds and like rivalries and stuff but kurt angle versus the undertaker at no way up 2006 is like and it had kind of like a messed up finish but it was like it went long and the story that they told in that match was just i don't know it's just something off the wall that like i don't think a lot of people have watched that match but i go back and watch it all the time Mm -hmm. you know i've got a handful myself that i'll always go and watch like lesnar and cena from SummerSlam. uh 2014 yeah that was where like someone coined it the death of superman and i was like fuck that's perfect for it you know like yeah i love everything about that match you know so um now you mentioned you know the action figures that you got and like people aren't going to be able to see but behind behind you right now is an incredible amount and you're huge into horror movies too correct yep october's october's coming up what are the must watches for you Oh, God. Okay. Halloween. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Okay. Halloween 1, 2, and 2018, and Halloween Kills, of course, because it's coming out on October 15th. Um, I would say probably uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Mm-hmm. Halloween 4 is a really great, like, fall feel. Like, the opening credits, like, right off the bat, you're just like, okay, it feels like October. It, it, this is going to be a great Halloween movie. <laughs> It's not the greatest Halloween movie, but the feel of it is like very October-ish, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say Friday the 13th, part four, six, and seven. Um, let's see. Oh, gosh, there's so many. Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat's another really good one. I think that's super underrated. Um, I'm like looking at like my horror shows. Scream, the original Scream is great, especially around this time of year. I don't know, it's just something about like as soon as you, um, you know, get to this time of year, you're like, okay, now it's time to get yeah. into it. 
there's a lot of like Disney like weird ones, right? Like a lot of like the goofy like Disney like Halloween style movies are great too. Like I don't know, there's like Mr. Bogarty or something like that. I can't think of it. Um, I watch I watch a lot of the Chucky movies too. Mm-hmm. Like every single one of them, and I think that those are fantastic around this time of year. Also, season of the witch, uh, Halloween three, season of the witch is great. Um, but yeah, there's just an unlimited supply, really. There's so, so many go-to favorites. There's so many out there. Sometimes it just it's tough to choose. So I mean, that's a perfect list for anyone just to dive right in and like you're good up until Halloween now. Basically, I mean, just go through and binge. Oh, I'm gonna add The Exorcist to that list too, because that one still scares the shit out of me to this day. Now, where can people find you online? Uh, if you got anything to plug, go ahead. Uh, a couple things. So I'm not like super duper active on like Twitter, but my Twitter and Instagram is I am underscore the underscore scene. Um, Facebook just search Sebastian Taylor. I believe it's like it's a really long one. It's like facebook.com slash I am the scene Sebastian Taylor because it wouldn't let me pick a smaller URL. And <laughs> Ironically enough, like I'm a huge Star Wars fan and um, I have a TikTok, but it's not I am the scene. It's at I am underscore the underscore Sith. And I post a lot of like Star Wars and action figure related content. And it's just like goofy videos of me opening up action figures. It drives people crazy. Like you, you grab like a vintage action figure and you rip it open. That's been in the package for 20 plus years. And people are like, oh, my God, they either <laughs> love it or hate it. But you're like, I'm like. I don't know. I just, people, people follow me and I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to run with something different, you know, while I'm off of wrestling, let's do action figure shit, you know? (laughs) Sebastian, thank you so much for joining me. I truly appreciate it. Thank you, man, for having me on. I appreciate it. It's cool. Thank you so much to the scene, Sebastian Taylor for stopping by the Grainmaker wrestling podcast. He was a lot of fun to talk to, really knows his stuff, and just hearing the stories from him, being able to shoot the shit and just talk wrestling, I couldn't ask for anything better. So thank you so much to him. I appreciate him taking the time out of his day to join me. Hit him up on his social media accounts, shoot him a follow. He's got a pro wrestling tea store, maybe stop by, grab a t-shirt. He's got some fantastic, fantastic designs up there. But thank you so much for checking out the podcast. You know, I will say it every time. I truly appreciate you listening, checking it out. So thank you so much. Honestly, thank you from the bottom of my heart. You can find me up on Twitter, at Pod. Shoot me a follow-up on there. Let's talk wrestling. Love talking it, as you can tell. Uh, email, grainmakerpodcast at gmail.com. Hit me up on there. Let me know who you would like to see as a guest on here. I've got another guest lined up for next week's episode, uh, which I'm very stoked for. But uh, if there's someone you want to see on, definitely let me know. I would love to have them on, talk wrestling, share their story. I have big plans for this podcast. I want to uh, really make a mark on the independent wrestling scene up in Canada, the Midwest, and really focus and be able to share the stories of the wrestlers, the people that when you go to a local indie show that you're watching, that you can find out more about them and just hear stories about them and just see what they're all about. So... I have plans for this podcast. Join me for the ride because I would love to have you. You can find me, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all those podcast platforms. If there's one I'm not on, let me know. I'll get the podcast up there. If you could rate, review, all that kind of stuff, spread the word. 
I would appreciate it. But thank you so much for checking out the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. We'll talk soon.